Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Jeremy and Clint Lockerbie from Texas Football Talk. Y'all know him. Joining me on Locked on Longhorns today. It's been a very interesting uh, last 48 hours uh, in Longhorn Nation at the 40 Acres, but it resulted in Quinn Ewers, which many people thought all along, being named the starting quarterback of the Texas Longhorns football team. So, Clint, I'm going to start with you. What ultimately went into Sark making this decision? Um, I think when you look at this decision, um, and I know we talked a little bit before this, and, and and I think it comes back to, if you look at the last 10 years, right, a program that has lost, you know, more than five games consistently. I think when you have a young class like this, and we talked about it, you know, bringing 35 brand new guys in um, and trying to change over the, the program, I think it's really just a, uh, let's rewind, let's start over again. This is officially going to be our first season with these guys. And I think when you have an opportunity to bring a guy like Quinn Ewers in, who is looked at as a as a retro freshman, but if you look at it, he probably should be a true freshman. Um, he gives this program hope. And, and what I mean by mean by that is is that when you're looking at not just the quarterback position, but you're looking at the offensive line, um, you're looking at wide receiver and, and a guy like Savion Red. Um, I think Quinn Ewers is that guy that the, that 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 everybody in the pro, in Longhorn Nation looks as a an opportunity to move forward to kind of clean your palate over the, the of what happened the last 10 years because he comes in as like a 1.0000 quarterback, the number one in the nation, has been there since his sophomore year in high school. I think he just – I think Steve Sarkeesian seen what he got in Hudson Card last year, right? And he knows what Quinn Ewers can bring to his offense, being able to stretch the field. Um, and then rely on five when you need, you know, rely on five and then stretch the field when it's necessary. And if you look at his throws, both in film, previous film, and what he was able to do in the spring game in, in dropping the, the the really the bread into the basket, um, I think that's what Quinn Ewers gives you, um, you know, as a starting quarterback for the University of Texas. Yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. What's, what are your thoughts on why Sark made the decision? No, I, I agree with everything that Clint said. Like you said, 57 out of 85 guys are freshmen or sophomores. Uh, he can make every throw on the football field from hash mark to hash mark. He allows you to stretch the field both horizontally and vertically. Uh, but Steve Sarkeesian said it himself. If, 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 if I feel like that in a position that the talent is the same, then I'm going to go with the underclassmen. And we dropped a poll on Twitter just two days ago when the, when the news that Hudson card was going to be named the starter came out and we said, who, who's, who's the number one quarterback, who, who you got. And all we put was one, three and six, because we included Malik Murphy, uh, 78% Quinn Ewers, one per, or 11% Hudson Card, 11% Malik Murphy. So the fan base, like the Clint's point is, is hope, right? So, so you've seen the big arm, you've seen the, the cross the field throw to Isaiah Nair, like Clint said, put it in his bread basket, hit him in stride, touchdown. Uh, so you see that potential in him. And again, with Sark's philosophy of playing younger guys, if they're, they're equal to or better, uh, because you're going to get that experience through through scrimmage reps, through practice reps, and through game reps, then then Quinn Ewers had to be the guy. And we've been ever since he came on campus, uh, we felt that he was going to be the guy that's starting September 3rd against ULM. So Jeremy, like Clint said, I mean Quinn Ewers is essentially a true freshman, and that's Sark. That's what Sark is going with on September 3rd against Louisiana Monroe. So what do you think Sark needs to do as a play caller to make sure that Quinn Ewers? is able to come in and be comfortable right away and then be able to develop throughout the season? That's a great question, Jonathan. We actually covered this last night on our show is there's a portion of the playbook where Steve Sarkeesian really feels Quinn Ewers can excel, right? And so that's the part of the playbook that 
they're going to continue to rep because Sark's shown that in his ability to 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 script plays, if you go back to, to the first half of ball games last year, he always puts his quarterbacks in the best position to succeed off the jump. Uh, what that last probably last fifth of the playbook, because I'm I'm comfortable that 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 Quinn Ewers can execute 80% of the playbook, but there's 20% of the playbook that they're going to continue to have to rep as we go, you know, towards the season and into the season, that once he shows that he can execute those plays, then he'll have a full playbook. The thing, if you chose card was you were going to have to add a run element to your playbook because in order to, to develop his skill set or give him the best possible way uh, to do the job. So I think there's 80% in that playbook right now that if, if you dropped it on Quinn years against ULM, he's going to execute, he's going to execute very well. And if, and if he's not, like I say, you always got five. Five is always a good idea. And the ball to Bijan, swing the ball to Bijan, use Jatavian Sanders as your security blanket and roll. But but that's it. You're just going to continue to rep that stuff uh, to, to get him comfortable. And then once you see he's comfortable, then you throw it in there and let him execute during game day. Yeah, like you said, uh, handing the ball off to Bijan Musterson uh, is never a bad idea or getting it in his hands outside of the backfield. Once again, I'm going to plug his newest NIL deal, Bijan Musterson. Make sure y'all go get some of that. I'm a yellow mustard guy myself. But, uh, Clint, so, you know, we talked about um, that he's going to continue to develop throughout the season. So at what point the season do you see maybe after after the Alabama game and early on in conference play after the Oklahoma game? When do you see Quinn Ewers really settling into this offense this season? I think, uh, obviously, if you're looking at the first game, it's going to be difficult to, to see what you're going to get in, in, in Quinn Ewers, man. Uh, you're you're pay, playing a, a team that's, you know, really going to give you a scrimmage atmosphere. Nothing taken. I'm not going to take any way thing from ULM, but it's really a scrimmage. <laughs> Week two, you're going to see what you're going to get from Quinn Ewers. You're going to see what you're going to get from from really this offense. You're going to see what you're going to get from the defense. You're going to see what you're you're going to see what you're going to get from your probably brand new left tackle, who's also going to be a true freshman in, in in Kelvin Banks, and probably a true freshman at guard in either Cole Hudson or or DJ Campbell. Um, so I think two week two is really going to give you an opportunity to 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 see where you're at with Quinn Ewers. Uh, because I think Steve Sarkeesian's obviously from an offensive game plan is going to come up with a really good offense, but you're also probably going against the number one defense in the country. Um, so I think what I'm looking for in Quinn Ewers really in that Alabama game is how does he protect the ball? Does he throw the ball out of bounds without taking a sack? Uh, is he able to move around the pocket and, and throw off platform to make throws? But I think it really happens after UTS, really after UTSA. UTS, UTSA is going to be a tough Tough game too. They're obviously coming to DKR. Had a really good, you know, uh, uh, had a really good season last year. Um, they're bringing back a lot of talent on that football team, but I think it really goes into that that first week of Big Twelve football. He should have it all together by then. And I think what you're going to see from Steve Sarkeesian is not going to be the flip flip. Let's flip it back and forth between quarterbacks, and that's what we need to see. And I think if you brought Hudson Card in, if you started Hudson Card, that's what you were going to see because what you didn't want to see is like a Spencer Rattler, you know, Williams situation in, 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 in the river of robbery where he's, you know, he's, he's a disaster. Spencer Rattler's a disaster and everybody's calling for, you know, Williams to come in. I think Caleb Williams to come in. I, you had to do that. If you were Steve Sarkeesian, if you name Hudson card, the, the quarterback, I think with Quinn yours, you got a longer rope, longer leash. He's going to be able to, and I think fans will be okay with him making, you know, uh, you know, bad decisions and throwing interceptions versus having Hudson Carr coming in and do the same thing. 
Yeah, I, I said the same thing. I think if Hudson Carr was named the starter, he was going to have to exceed expectations to meet expectations, right? Like yeah. even he was going to have to go out there and, and be a top 10 quarterback in the country for people not to call for Quinn Ewers. Jeremy, I want to ask you the same question. When do you see at any point in this season Quinn Ewers really being comfortable and locking into this playbook and we seeing kind of the full version of Quinn we haven't seen since maybe South Lake Hero? So Clint talked about Alabama being the litmus test, right? The the challenge. And that's that's important. But every football game, every repetition that Quinn Ewers, every snap that he takes to the University of Texas is going to be growth. Again, like you said, he's essentially a true freshman. He's in the same class as I see as Malik Murphy. You know, that that year of at Ohio State really didn't get him an opportunity to see the field. He got two plays, hand the football off. So there wasn't any true and he got there super late. Like he got there right as fall camp was ending. So there wasn't a whole lot of so his the way I'm looking at it is his first first season is with the University of Texas. And I wrote big game manager with big play potential. What Steve Sarkeesian is going to ask him to do early in the season is to manage the game, to look at, to walk to the line of scrimmage pre-snap, figure out where I'm supposed to go with the football and go there. Uh, but again, with that big play potential comes what Clint was talking about, the opportunity for, for interceptions. But I, I, I truly believe with five in the backfield, with Xavier Worthy outside, there's going to be receivers open. He just has to decide pre-snap where that guy's going to be. If it's going to be Jatavian Sanders, because, uh, again, I think he's a, going to be a mismatch as well this year. So I'm looking at eight, I'm looking at zero, and I'm looking at five to help me uh, get through those first three games. But I think by the time conference season rolls around, just like Clint does, they're going to go full playbook, and he's, he's going to have an understanding through getting those snaps against ULM, Alabama, and UTSA uh, to be able to, to have that playbook at his full disposal and really – really then um, exercise what's necessary to help Texas win football games. So, Jeremy, I'm going to ask you then, what are your expectations for Quinn Ewers this season now that you know he's going to be the starting quarterback on day one? So last night I talked about around 36 to 40 touchdowns and somewhere around uh, nine to probably 14, 15 interceptions. I think he'll be right around probably a pick a game. I hope he's under. Uh, so I, my initial thoughts were 36 and 12. Uh, but I think he has the potential to, to throw three touchdowns a game and, and throw 1.1 to 1.25 interceptions per game. That's why I got the 40, 40 and 12 or 40 and 40 and 12 to 14, somewhere in there. Okay, what about you, Clint? What are your expectations for Quinn Ewers uh, this season? I think if you go back and look at Colt McQueen, you go back and look at Sam Ellinger um, in, in the years that they played, you know, obviously um, they're, they're retro freshman years or freshman years. I think you're going to get the same thing. I think you're going to see the 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 woe plays, the big big wow plays. But I, again, I think you're going to take bumps. You're going to have bumps and bruises along the way. Um, I've, I've said it. I don't think there's a difference between. I'll kind of give you this prediction here. I don't think you there was a prediction in games for me that you won if it was Hudson Carter or Quinn Yours. They were going to be the they could be a starter. I think I think either way. Um, and and I, I know we may talk a little defense on here. Uh, I think you're probably about an eight and four team with either guys, either one of those guys, because again, you went out and scored 36 point, 36 point or 36 points per game last year. Um, and, and I think Casey Thompson's going to go do well at Nebraska. No doubt. I think he's going to do really well there. Um, but I just think that when yours brings something different, I think those long, those, those, those passes you missed last year is, is not going to be a thing over and over and over again, running, you know, guys, wide receivers running out of bounds in, in Baylor, on a perfectly thrown pass because it, it sells out of bounds versus staying in bounds and could have put you up 28 to three at one particular point in a couple of games. I, I just think that 
uh, this year. He he he's going to have an opportunity to break the, the the touchdown passing record. I can tell you that for the University of Texas because just Steve Sarkeesian being your offensive coordinator. But I think the bumps and bruises and the interceptions are going to come. I'm, I probably won't give a prediction on how many touchdowns he's going to versus interceptions. You would like to see probably a three to one or four to one ratio in that, and I think that's kind of where Jeremy's at. I think three to one ratio is good. Yeah, 17th in scoring last year was shaky quarterback play and shaky O-line play. Jeremy, that was interesting from Clint. He said that he doesn't necessarily feel that there's a difference in wins maybe at this point between Hudson Carr being the starter and Quinn Ewers being the starter. What do you think? I, I don't I don't think, again, we were eight and four, nine and three guys uh, right there. Uh, and, and I agree with Clint. I I just think there's tough road games when you're talking about Kansas State, Oklahoma State. You still got to have you still got that Alabama game on your schedule. You still have Oklahoma on your schedule. Uh, so we're still, I am still at nine and three, eight and four. Uh, again, I just think it'll be a, 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 the boom. I'll say that the boom factor or or the ability to get to a double digit win total increases. I'm just not for sure to you know, 100% confident enough to say that, that yeah, it's worth one win, it's worth two wins. I, I'm still at that eight and four, nine and three, but I think the potential to get to that double digit is is increased with him being the starter. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the, I think the ceiling's higher. I, I definitely think the ceiling's higher with, with Quinn Ewers versus Hudson Card. I think Hudson Card was going to give you that established where I see it, eight and four is, is really the ceiling as it sits today. But I think, like Jeremy's talking about, boom factor. If you play fantasy football, you, there's a boom factor down there, right, that says, okay, this guy has an opportunity to go this way or he has an opportunity to go this way. And I think that with, with Quinn Ewers, I think that boom factor pushes more to the right than to the left um, in that. So I think I think your potential to win more games, uh, I think you have potential winning more games with Quinn Ewers versus Hudson Carr. But I, right now as it sits, I, I think that an established 8-4 season is, is showing – uh, you know, growth in the program that went five and seven last year. Yeah, so that's exactly where I'm at with it, too. I was going to say nine and three um, because nine and three was based off of what I thought Quinn Ewers would be able to accomplish in Sark's offense, you know, through a full offseason of development and, you know, just with his talent level this season. When, you know, if Hudson Card would have been named the starter, I was going to go down to eight and four. And that has really nothing to do with Hudson Card. It was just more so, like I said, nine and three was based off of what I thought Quinn would be able to mm -hmm. do and what would be brought to the quarterback position this year. And so I kind of scaled that back, would have scaled that back if Hudson Card would have been named the starter. But once again, has nothing to do with his skill set. It's just more so, like you talked about, the boom uh, potential with Quinn Ewers. But it we know that. Go ahead, Jeremy. And I think that's how we kind of projected the season. Like I said, between from the time Quinn came on campus, we've always had him as the what we felt was going to be the starting quarterback because of, like I said, the arm talent and the potential and the lower the lower floor and the higher ceiling. So, and listen to you say that, I think we were kind of in the same spot. We always envisioned that three was going to be taking snaps with five behind him and and the guys outside, and and because. He has now been named the starter. I guess that's why it really doesn't change our prediction uh, yeah. so much. But, but again, I think he does give you the potential to sneak up and, and, and win some games that you thought that they might lose. And, again, I think they're as talented as the team in the conference. I, I, yeah. And I think this conference is as wide open as it's, it's been in a long, long time. So there is a chance that they could exceed expectations. But again, we've gone into every season since we've been doing our podcast with burnt orange glasses, and we're just choosing not to do it this year. 
Yeah, well, this is this is my first season, so I still got them on. Um, so we know that uh, Hudson Card, uh, you know, this is football. It's a contact sport. Um, and, you know, the reality is at this point, Hudson Card is, is you know, I mean, excuse me, Quinn Ewers is one hit away from Hudson Card getting some significant playing time and Sark having to rely on Hudson Card this season. So what does this decision mean um, for Hudson Card just moving forward, maybe this season and, and moving forward? I'll start with Clint. Yeah, I, obviously Hudson Card wants to graduate from the University of Texas, man. He's he's currently in the McCombs, McCombs Business School, and, and and I don't think this specifically changes that. I think he's going to graduate from University of Texas, um, and more than likely as a grad transfer next year, he's going to probably be a graduate transfer, and he's probably going to go off and play quarterback somewhere else. That, I think that's where you see it now. I think what's important now is the growth of Malik Murphy. And, and as Jeremy said, the poll earlier, and I think you, when you looked at it, it was like 78%, 11 and 11. Very and who would have thought that Malik Mur Murphy would have got the same amount of votes that, 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 um, not like it's a damn presidential election or anything, but got the same <laughs> amount of votes is, is, is Hudson Card. But that tells you what, what the fan base thinks about Malik Murphy as well. Um, and so I think it's not so much what happens with Hudson Card because I truly think that he's, he's going to sit through the season. He's going to be your number two quarterback this year. But I think it's the growth of Malik Murphy and how he grows through the season and what rep, reps he gets. And, and eventually, I, I have it, and, and I'll say it again, I think there's a point where, again, he's a pro-style quarterback. Malik Murphy is a, a, a guy that Sarkeesian went out and recruited. He, he pinpointed him out of California. He, he brought him in here. Uh, his size is, is, is unbelievable, right? Um, but I think if you look at it, it would not surprise me by the end of the year, knowing what Steve Sarkeesian it may have to deal with next year in Malik Murphy and, and Quinn Ewers and obviously, you know, an arch banding situation, that that Malik Murphy doesn't move himself up to that number two as he starts learning the playbook and he gets more repetitions. And because you can't you can't doubt Malik Murphy's talent. You cannot doubt his arm talent. At the problem with Malik Murphy is the 2020 season that was cut short. Playing with guys that that playing on a team that's uh, didn't have the same athletes that a, that a Queen yours did it. Obviously, South Lake Carroll there and in, 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 in up in the north in, in the DFW area. But um, I, I think that's the way you look at it. I don't think it's so much worried about Hudson Card. Yeah, he's going to have to be your number two if Quinn yours goes out there and injures a, a thumb or or hurts his toe or one of those things. But I think it's the growth of Malik Murphy through the season that really matters. Jeremy, what does Quinn yours being named the starter mean for Hudson Card this year and moving forward? I don't think it means – too much different. I mean, he was a great teammate for Casey Thompson last year. Like, he lost his job midseason and, and, and continued to be a good teammate for Casey Thompson. Um, he wasn't really returning as the starting quarterback at the University of Texas. He was he was showing back up to spring ball as a guy competing for the job. Uh, so if his expectation was just to walk in and take it, I don't I don't think that's 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 true. And I yeah. think, like Clint said, he's he's gonna he's enrolled in the McCombs Business School. He's gonna get his degree from the University of Texas. He's gonna be a good teammate to Quinn Ewers. And he's going to be prepared to go in the ball game in case something happens to Quinn and he has to come out of the ball game. He'll go in there and execute his game plan. Uh, but like Clint said, looking towards the future uh, and putting that poll out, it, it's just I think folks have a bad taste in their mouth of Hudson Card's performance against Arkansas last year that leads them yearning for Quinn Ewers and, and even Malik Murphy uh, because their upside it, it, they feel is higher. And Clint's, Clint's talking about Malik's disadvantage of playing at Sarah with – a less than efficient offensive line, lack of receivers on the outside, and he still found a way to win him to a state championship. Uh, so, and his arm strength is undoubted. Like Clint said, he's got the frame, 6'6", 
225 pounds. Like he's everything that a, that a coach would like to have in their quarterback room. And, but I think Hudson's going to be a great teammate this year and do what he's supposed to do and, and, and be that sounding board for Quinn when it's, when it's necessary. Yeah. Let me mention uh, betonline.net before they kick me off this show. You know, you want to bet on the over or under for Texas football wins this season. If you want to bet on uh, Quinn Ewers winning the Heisman or if you want to bet on uh, uh, Texas getting to the Big 12 championship game or winning the Big 12 championship game. All right. So we've talked for 20 minutes uh, about the offense. Of course, the quarterback's the most important position in football. You know, everybody cares about the offense, just like chicks dig the long ball in baseball. But <laughs> this is a defense that was in the triple digits last year, and a lot of people – are wondering what this defense is going to look like this year. You know, they brought in a lot of additions personnel-wise and coaching-wise when you look at uh, Gary Patterson, uh, which is a big name as well. And we heard that, you know, albeit in practices and scrimmages, this defense was giving both quarterbacks trouble, Quinn Ewers and Hudson Carr. So, Jeremy, I'll start with you. What are your expectations for the defense this season? Thank you for asking me this question because, to me, it all it depends on the defensive line. I really feel like this linebacker core with Jalen Ford and Diamante Tucker Dorsey is going to be solid enough to allow DeMarvin Overshone to do what they want him to do, and that's be versatile, be that that Micah Parsons chess piece that identifies mismatches pre-snap and, and takes advantage uh, of the opponent's weaknesses. It's all going to come down to 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 on, Deon, or Keandre Coburn, Devondre Sweat, Moro Jomo, and all that experience along with Byron Murphy, who's, who's a stud, uh, and Vernon Broughton, who's who's balling out this 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 fall, uh, and what kind of pressure can they put on the quarterback? And can they get that 5.2 yards per carry they gave up last year down to that that four mid four range? That's what I'm looking for because I think all the guys in the back end could cover. We actually did our defensive back preview this morning, and, and Steve Sarkeesian has moved, and, and Gary Patterson and Pete Kwiatkowski have decided to move a guy like Anthony Cook. Uh, back to safety because he has experience in both the nickel and boundary corners. So they're looking for coverage skills back there. They're looking to press man. Uh, but Keandre Coburn said it himself yesterday in the media availability. It's on us. Like we have to put pressure on the quarterback. We have to make him uncomfortable. We have to get him off time to allow our defensive backs. Because he said it, it was unfair to them last year. That, that, that their lack of pressure caused the defensive backs to suffer because they had to cover for longer periods of time, we all know it's coordination, right? The front end and the back end have to work together to have a solid defense. So to me, the most pivotal position on the football team this year that I'm going to be looking at, starting with ULM and going forward, is the defensive line. All right, so the defensive line, and then who are you looking for to be that impact player on the defensive line or the most important player on that D-line this year? So to me, it's interior. I, I don't care who your one and your three are, whether it's Keandre Coburn, Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, whoever you play at the one and the three, they have to be – more productive like 12 games 12 tackles is not good enough i could have fell into 12 tackles last year like one one tackle per game uh that group has to get better the pressure rate has to come up the guys i'm looking to 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 be superstars are the guys they're talking about the byron murphys uh the baron sorrells ovia gofus i i think we're gonna be okay with that perimeter pressure it's just like who's gonna step in the step up in the interior because I've seen Moro Jomo make splash plays. I've seen down for Collins make splash plays. Who's going to be that guy that's going to be consistent, play in, play out. All the names that Keandre was talking about yesterday are the guys I'm going to be looking at. Uh, but my impact player from interior would be Byron Murphy. Outside, it's going to be Baron Sorrell. You get the linebackers, it's Jalen Ford. And then probably in the secondary, it's, it's, it's Jade Barron. Clint, who's the most important player on the defense going into the 2022 season? Uh, you had to ask me second. He didn't name all of them. So, uh, so I'll, I'll go a little different here. Um, I, 
you know, it's funny because we did our defensive back preview today. Um, and, and if you look at this coaching staff, and I think you you brought up Gary Patterson as, is a person that um, is both looking at the offense and what Steve Sarkeesian runs from an offensive standpoint, but coming in and, and helping, you know, obviously PK with that defense. And if, if we start naming a whole bunch of guys, I think versatility is the key word here. I think versatility is is from not just from the from from the the inside guys that have played either you know outside or inside. I think they have versatility there. But I think if you look at the linebackers, you have a guy like Marvin Overshone that's going to give you that versatility because now you can lean on a guy like you know Tucker Dorsey and, and, and Jalen Ford who sh- showed splash plays last year at the end of the year, man, and, and and carried that out through the spring game and then into the fall. Um, but if you look at the defensive backs, I think versatility is absolutely important. We actually went through this morning. Um, and so I'm gonna plug this real quick. Make sure you go watch our defensive back previews here. All right. So if you look at it, Anthony Cook, nickel, corner, safety. If you look at Jaron Thompson, safety, nickel. If you look to Jada Barron, Jade Barron, corner, nickel. I think that this defensive back is gonna be probably outside of the the, the defensive front. I think the defensive back is gonna show some trajectory we haven't seen in a long time from, from the defensive program. Uh, Jeremy gave you the micro, I'm gonna give you the macro. I think if you have a good to average defense, you win a whole bunch of football games. I don't I don't need you to be the top 25 defense in the country. Hell, it may not even need you to be the top 50 team in the country. But what I need them to do is limit the points per points per game because this offense is going to be able to score points. There's no reason that you should go out and be able to score. This is going to make people angry. 50 points versus Kansas, but then you lose against Kansas, right? There's no reason for you to be up at half against Oklahoma and then allow not make adjustments, and that's going to be a big piece of it too outside of players it's created making adjustments through in-game adjustments to be able to, to, to stop with the offensive coordinators adjusting to your defense. So uh, I think if you have a good to average defense this year, you win a whole bunch of games, just like if you have a good to average offensive line, you have a good, you, you, you win a lot of games as well. So a lot of freshmen uh, are going to play this year on the offensive side and defensive side on the ball. So which freshman do you think I'll start with you, Jeremy, which freshman do you think will have the biggest impact I was going to say on the defensive side, but just period on this football team this year, let's go offense and defense. Which, which freshman do you think will have the biggest impact? That's a great question. Uh, of course, I'll since I get to go first, I'll take Kelvin Banks for <laughs> offense because uh, I know he's a surefire starter because I'm not including Quinn. Let's just take that out. If, yeah. if I could include Quinn as a, as, a, as a true freshman, I'd probably take him. Everybody would take him. And then I'm going to go with a guy who's third on my list up here that I'm looking at, and that's Jalen Gilbo. Because you gave me a defensive freshman, and I just just know that everything you're hearing from fall camp says this guy is competing at every spot. Like he's competing with Deshaun Jameson at the boundary corner. And then you hear he's competing with uh, Jade Barron in the slot. Uh, So I'm going to take the two easy ones and go with Kelvin Banks and and Jalen Gilbo. Sorry, Clint. That's okay. Right, go ahead. I got go two ahead. guys. Man. Me too. Uh, offense. I'll, I'll go Savion Red. Everybody's obviously talking about Savion Red and, and what he can what he can do. Um, you know, he's he's like another Jordan Winnington. It's crazy because we actually seen Jordan Winnington um, at an event a couple of weekends ago, and, and and he's a wide receiver and a running back's body. And I think that's what Savion Red gives you. But I think he gives you a little bit more. I think he gives you a little bit more of an open field threat than than what Jay Wick gives you. Jordan Winnington gives you. Um, on the defense side of the ball, I'm going to go with, and it's crazy because I was actually looking at film of Kelvin Banks this morning, and there's a gentleman by the name of Justice Finkley that gave Kelvin Banks that gave Kelvin Banks all he wanted in a uh, future 50 event. 
If you have an opportunity to go back and watch that, it's going to make some Texas Longhorn fans sad to see what Justice Finkley did to Kelvin Banks. But I think it's also a positive because, like people talk about, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? And if you've got a guy like Justice Finkley or Jamon Tapp that's going against, and these are guys who are true freshmen, you got that are going against true freshmen like DJ Campbell and Kelvin Banks and, uh, you know, Cole Hudson, um, it's going to make them all better. But I'm going to go, I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball, save it on red. I'm going to go defensive ball. I'm going to go Justice Finkley, man. I think Justice Finkley is going to shine this year. Yeah, shout out to Justice Finkley. Shout out to Dr. Finkley, friends of the show. That definitely was going to be mine. But I'm going to stay at the edge position, um, and I'm going to go with Jermon Tapp. You mentioned him. Uh, just something about those Louisiana boys, right? They've got a different you grit sometimes and a different dog in them. And I think he's going to uh, be a dog coming off that edge. And then on the offensive side, it's simple. Quinn Ewer's arm with 10-2 speed at receiver, right? I'm going Brendan Thompson, right? I think just his ability to, to get downfield. Um, he's going to score some deep touchdowns this year. So uh, those are going to be my my offensive and defensive superstars as far as true freshmen. But we all named some good names. So I'm waiting ahead, to see Clint. what that head nod. I'm, I'm waiting to see what that head nod looks like between, you know, uh, Brennan, Brennan Thompson and, 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 and Quinn Ewers, man. It's just honestly, it's going to yeah. it that nonverbal. Just, it's almost like, hey, just this. Go, like, go, you know, and run past your quarterback or run past the cornerback, man, and I'm just going to throw it up in the air, man, fall under it. You know, I, I'm with you on that one too, man. So, yeah. So, so really quickly, it's 1027 on August 20th, Saturday morning, as we're recording this uh, breakfast edition of, of Locked on Longhorns. The team should be participating in their second scrimmage right now. Um, so just Clinton, Jeremy, I'll, I'll start with you, Jeremy. What are you looking to hear or see or to develop out of today's scrimmage, if anything? Snap counts. I feel like I got a good idea of what the two deep looks or the starters look like on offense. Uh, we've named, named named a ton of them. And without going through it, the guys know who I'm going to mention. Uh, but the defensive snap counts. Like, they're talking about the two deep and versatility and, and being able to, to, to switch out from first to second teams without having a drop off in talent. But I think here's where you start to see the starting quarterback and I think that's why it was important to name him before this final scrimmage because next week is game prep. Next week is, is preparation for ULM, putting in the packages, and you're going to see the snap count go probably 80% viewers, 20% card. Uh, but I, I think I want that to start today. Uh, so I'm really interested in, in hearing about snap counts, and I'm really interested about hearing in the defensive performance. I feel like I have a good understanding of who's going to start on offense now that the offensive line – uh, with Junior getting hurt, is pretty much solidified. You know who the starting tight end, the receivers are going to be, and Bijan's in the backfield now that Quinn's been named. It's it's going to be who, who – are we getting a 3-3-5? Three, three, are we looking at four-down linemen? Are we looking at two-down linemen? Uh, do we have the depth at backer to be able to run some of those uh, schemes? And then just, just really looking at the defensive side of the ball and what reports come out from there. Clint, what are you looking to – what are you looking forward to hearing out of uh, today's scrimmage? Well, I hope we hear something at all with the source situation going on right now at the University of Texas program. And I, I'm going to throw that out there. Man, I talked to Jeremy about that this morning. I, I'm sorry, Jonathan, but I had to say it. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it's true. It, how many people are going to hold on to their stories is the question. The guys that have insider information, how many guys are going to hold on to their stories, right? That, that's a true thing now, right? And I think that – I think Steve Sarkisian is creating a, a, a similar situation to, to what Nick Saban does with the media at, at Alabama, you know, um, with rat poison and all this other stuff. And I think he's trying to get control of this program and, and what information is, is put out. Um, 
Just wanted to say that first. What I want to see today, it's okay to get bumps and bruises, man. It's okay to get bumps and bruises, feel tired. But number one on my list today, we cannot afford injuries out of this second scrimmage, right? This second scrimmage is probably going to be the, the toughest one. That, that first one, you're probably hitting each other hard. The second one, you're probably hitting each other even harder today. Um, so to me, it's number one is injuries. We can't afford any other big injuries coming out of this weekend. Um, and, and then two, I think it's really how many, how many, and I think it goes back to what Jeremy said. How, what's the snap count look like for Quinn yours versus Hudson card in today's scrimmage? You've named the quarterback at this point. Is it, is it, is it 60, 40, is it 80, 20, but also going back to my Malik Murphy thing, how many does, does Malik Murphy start getting reps with the threes? Because, at some particular point, you may have one injury or two injuries, but you always want to have that third quarterback available. Um, and I think it's important they start naming who that third quarterback is and how many reps he gets and who he gets those reps with. Clint and Jeremy Lockerbie from Texas Football Talk. Let them know where they can find you. All right, I'll do the outro here. I'm the one that usually does it. So you can find us on Facebook at Texas Football Talk, on Instagram at Texas Football Talk, and on Twitter at TX Football Talk. If you go to YouTube, you can type in Texas Football Talk. Uh, when you're there, please hit that subscribe button. We're trying to get to 4,000, man. We're about 150, I think 150 short from, from, from September 3rd. Our goal is to hit 4,000 subscribers by the end of uh, or before the beginning of the season. So please, uh, you know, go over there and find us as well. Um, and, and we're going to have Jonathan on our live. We've already told him today, man, we're going to have Jonathan on a, on a live coming up soon. This was really fun, by the way, um, to do this with you. Um, really, really organized. We did a lot of conversation before the show. Which was really really little good. pregame, little pregame, yeah, little yeah. pregame before the show, which was really good. <laughs> we'll we'll keep that inside uh, our our little talk there, but we definitely appreciate you, Jonathan, for having us on today. Yes, sir. Helped them get to four thousand. One of the best uh, channels as far as Longhorn content creators. They said that what about one hundred and fifty away Texas football talk on YouTube. Make sure y'all go hit that subscribe button and uh, get them to four thousand. And like he said, you'll see me on their channel as well this season. Big things happening at the forty. Quinn Ewers is the starter of this football team. As always, 